State lawmakers want better protections for health care workers against violence. A new bill would require health care and behavioral health workplaces to come up with a violence prevention plan, a managing committee, and provide training. In case of workplace violence, management will be required to offer support services to impacted staff. The bill was approved by a legislative committee yesterday. It now moves to debate on the House floor. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert's eldest son was arrested this week. Police and Rifles said that Tyler Boebert was charged with four felony counts and more than a dozen other charges after a recent string of thefts. Representative Boebert has received significant attention over the last year for her own misconduct and that of her family. State lawmakers are proposing a bill that would force local governments to allow more accessory dwelling units, or ADUs, It would apply to communities under metropolitan planning organizations like Denver, Boulder, and Fort Collins. Mountain communities would be mostly exempt. Devin Edgley is with the Boulder Chamber of Commerce. She says more ADUs will help address a lack of local affordable housing. Everyone from restaurant workers to the tech industry to our police officers and teachers should be able to live in the communities that they serve. Communities included in the bill would have to allow for one ADU per single-family home and would not be able to impose future ADU restrictions. The bill was approved by a legislative committee yesterday and moves on to debate in the House. The current mega-drought in the West is already historic, but a new study shows it's unlike anything we've seen since the 1500s. As KUNC's Alex Hager explains, Scientists looked at tree rings to add centuries of context. The big difference? This drought is fueled by heat. That's causing drier soils and making droughts more frequent, intense, and widespread. Researcher Karen King with the University of Tennessee says the uptick in heat is driven by human-caused climate change. We know that extreme heat has consequences. We know that drought has consequences. And so when they're compounded together, right, we can expect that Those vulnerabilities are only going to be magnified. Those consequences include major strain on the Colorado River. It supplies water to about 40 million people across the southwest, and leaders are struggling to rein in demand as the river supply dwindles. I'm Alex Hager. State lawmakers are considering a bill that would make it a crime to falsify votes from the Electoral College during a presidential race. KUNC's Lucas Brady-Woods says it's one of several measures intended to increase election security ahead of November. Each state has a group of electors who officially cast votes for president. In 2020, supporters of former President Donald Trump organized fake electors in an attempt to change that election's outcome. Secretary of State Jenna Griswold says even though the attempts failed, they threatened to undermine the entire election process. If the fake elector scheme would have worked, it would have disenfranchised 81 million American voters who cast a ballot for the presidential candidate who won. The bill would make it a class one misdemeanor to serve as a fake elector or to organize fake electors. It's one of the first of its kind in the U.S. Another election reform bill pending at the Capitol would make it illegal to distribute so-called deep fakes, AI-generated images or videos of candidates. I'm Lucas Brady-Woods at the state capitol. After more than three months of searching, Roaring Fork School District officials have announced three finalists for their superintendent position. The online announcement was very brief, with only a few statements from school board members and their approvals. Here is board member Kenny Teitler. 
I would just like to say thank you to all of the different people who took part in our superintendent interviews this past week. And I want to especially thank our three candidates, Bill Wilson, Darren Mulberry, and Anna Cole, who are finalists. We're excited as a district, a possibility ahead. I feel like we have some candidates with great qualities that make me excited for looking at the future of where we stand as a district. And so thank you for all of you coming to do your finalist interviews. I also want to say thank you to the advisory committee who took time with the candidates. And I also want to say thank you to my fellow board members. It was good learning, I think, for all of us. And so I appreciate all of you and the process that we engaged in. Finalist Anna Cole is from Carbondale. Theron Mulberry is from Aspen. And Bill Wilson is from Brush, Colorado. The school district has scheduled a community open house to meet the candidates on March 7th at the Carbondale District Office from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. KDNK will air quick interviews with each candidate prior to that event that will also be available online. If you're asked to imagine a hiker, who comes to mind? Is it a tall, lean, bearded man, maybe white? That's a common idea of who a hiker is, but there are a lot of people pushing back on that exclusionary notion. The Mountain West News Bureau's Murphy Woodhouse met a group with that mission and brings us this report. It's a gray, overcast Saturday, mid-morning, near the base of Camelsback Park in Boise's North End. Despite the intermittent drizzle, a group of nine women and two dogs slowly assemble. Welcome to Big Gal Backpackers Boise. We are a body-positive hiking club. We are free of diet and weight loss culture. And what that means is you come and enjoy hiking in the body you have. That's Kirsten Strau, the group's founder, giving a little pep talk before the one-and-a-half-mile hike. And the group sets out at an inviting pace. Big Gal Backpackers has some 450 members now, but its origins go back to the fall of 2020. And I was kind of inspired by other plus-size hiking groups like Unlikely Hikers, Fat Girls Hiking. We didn't have anything like that here in Boise. So I said, hey, I'll just start my own. On social media, those groups have raised awareness over much of the last decade about the obstacles faced not just by women with larger bodies, but by racial minorities and LGBTQ folks who also want to enjoy their public lands. Through organized hikes and chapters, they work to overcome those obstacles. Kirsten says anxiety about being judged out on the trail was a barrier for her. Sometimes when she did go out, she'd get unsolicited comments about how it would only get easier for her. However, while meaning, they made her feel like she was seen only as an aspirational hiker. But I am a hiker. To have a to be a hiker, you have to have a body and you have to go on a hike, and that's it. Regular group hiker Michaela Dowell is the proud dog mom of Paddle, an Aussie doodle. Kayla works with people dealing with eating disorders. She was drawn to Big Gal Backpackers a year or so ago in part because it was free of America's pervasive weight loss fixation. You open your phone, some of the first things you see, you step into the grocery store line, right? You see the magazines, lose 50 pounds in two weeks. It's ridiculous, right? She does as many as four outings a month. While women are the target audience for Big Gals, men and gender nonconforming people also join. Michaela loves that inclusive vibe. If we're thinking about people who are disabled, if we're thinking about people who are queer, if we're thinking about people who are BIPOC, then we're thinking about everyone who deserves to be on this land, and we're not only thinking about the people who look like you who deserve to be on this land, right? I really wanted to cry, and I really wanted to give up, but I really didn't want to do both, 
and I was running out of time to make up my mind. That's Beth Bradley, a Colorado resident recounting her 2018 ascent of Mount Bierstadt, one of dozens of peaks in the state over 14,000 feet, in a 2022 episode of the storytelling podcast, The Moth. No one else was struggling like I was, so I was scared and I was overwhelmed. And I was hating my body for being too fat and my mind for being too weak. But with the support of friends, she faced down the pain, doubt, and self-loathing and earned a tearful, joyous summit. Beth grew up in Colorado but didn't feel she belonged in the state's famous mountains because of her size. After returning from a short stint in Seattle, she started hiking in her home state in 2017. That had been 20 minutes away from me my whole life. For Beth and many others, the social media postings of groups like Fat Girls Hiking served as key inspiration, just as her publicly sharing her experiences did for others. The world just like cracked open for me that I that there were other people that felt the same way. Another barrier that Beth cited is the lack of gear at outdoor stores that fit hikers like her, though she says there has been some improvement. But whatever obstacles remain, she now has no doubt she belongs outside. The mountain or the trail, they're neutral to me. You know, like they, they don't care how big I am or not. Like I fit out there. Back in Boise, the big gal backpackers reach the halfway point and turn around. Some are longtime regulars. Others are just on their first or second hike, making new friends. That keeps founder Kirsten energized. I really enjoy providing a resource for people to get together in a community that makes them feel safe and welcome. Before long, the group is back at the trailhead where they started, and they start to say their goodbyes. Right on. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for coming. It's nice to meet you, Leslie. Sometimes, like, I'm tired, I don't want to go. And every time, without fail, I get out on one of these hikes, and I feel better after... I feel pepped up because I've gotten to spend time with great people and just getting outside. So, yeah, I feel good, ready to enjoy the rest of my day. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Murphy Woodhouse. This is KDNK News.